Welcome everyone to the Holistic Truth Podcast. This episode is an episode about grief. And I'm sitting here with Tyler. And before we begin, I just want to kind of open us up with a quote that I came across this morning. And it says, grief is not something you fix. It's something you honor. Tyler, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. How about you? I'm good. I'm feeling a little like, ooh, grief. It's such a big word. I just, um, we've been kind of preparing for this podcast for, I personally and spiritually have been kind of stirring the cauldron on this podcast for the last few days, because this is, this is a podcast that, um, this is a very heavy word. It's a very heavy emotion, but it doesn't have to be. So, um, been getting some reminders of that this week. So what first came through is a little bit of like anxiousness and a little, I don't want to use the word dread, but kind of like, whatever word that is <laughs> now is like kind of transitioning into more lightheartedness and joy. So I'm doing better. It's been heavy the last couple of days. Yeah. Just that word grief. People automatically look at it, you know, as sorrow or something negatively dark. And even though it it can be and sometimes is that, it is also many other things too. Yeah, my initial reaction, and I'm sure a lot of people would resonate, um, and I'd be interested if it's the same for you. I find that even just saying the word out loud, my body kind of wants to like, like, uh, kind of clam up and go, no, like kind of close off and just protect because it's so visceral. Do you kind of feel like this, like armor up protection when we hear that word? Yeah, I do. I, even though I work on it, I, I still feel that because it, grief is tough. It doesn't mean that it needs to be bad but it is something that is hard to go through because, you know, it's not something that you have to deal with every day, thankfully. But as far as the initial part of grief, but it may be something that you deal with every day for a long time. So it's good to have an understanding of it and, and to learn the appropriate ways to, to handle it and to, to move forward and not stay stuck in the past and and get depressed over it because we certainly know that grief is connected mostly the word grief is used for you know loved ones that have passed away and so we need to learn to take what they did and what they taught us in their life and use it to move forward in ours and not stay stuck in the past so much. Yeah, someone um, said to me at one point, something along the lines of, grief is a channel of love that was once directed back and forth from you to something or someone else, right? And then that channel gets broken. You could say maybe like the bridge is broken well what do we do with that now right i'm only on this side of the river but i used to go to the other and now i can't and there's this kind of um is 
is perplexity a word? I'm just making up words on this podcast, but you I know, do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make up my own language, but you know what I mean? There's just kind of like this, wait, hold on. I have all of this love that I was giving and receiving from this person or this animal or this job um, from this relationship and now it's gone. And from that moment, they say that the same man never enters the river twice. You know, you are never the same. And especially when it comes to grief, you know, it, it changes you on a soul level. You're, yeah, you're, you're hitting the spot. Um, and you're making me think of Siddhartha too. Oh, tell me, because that's that's a book that um, I recommended to you now that I'm remembering. Tell me what's coming up for you with that. Well, when you talked about having a bridge to cross the river, what came up to me is, yeah, your bridge can get broken, but you don't have to have a bridge to cross the river. And I thought about the river man who took people across the river on his raft. So to me, that symbolizes often what we need is somebody to help us through that process. Oh, my God, Tyler, you're so good. Yes. If anyone has not read Siddhartha by Herman Hess, I highly recommend it. I just, it's probably one of the most pivotal books that I've read in the last couple of months on my spiritual journey. It really, really rocked my foundation. It is such a good book. Well, and anyone who knows me very well knows that it has to be something pretty interesting for me to be able to read it, especially in like a, in a short amount of time, which is what I did with that book. So right. I, I did enjoy it. And I think it will have numerous meanings depending on who's reading it. Yeah. And the thing I want to bring in is that for how deep we go into grief is how high we can go into joy. And, you know, I, again, this kind of goes back to what someone offered me when I was in the depths of my grief was how lucky are you to have loved someone so deeply that you feel their loss this deeply because grief and love or grief and joy are mirroring one another. And, you know, we feel the deepest of grief for how loving we've been or, or how much love that person gave us. How lucky are we? Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of people can experience that level of of love and joy. And I, I don't wish that level, deep level of grief for anyone. But if we could all just like pause for a moment and reflect on the fact that if we all have one common denominator, grief is the thing we can all connect on. Because at some point in our lives, we are all going to have to face it because it is a part of the human experience. And so this leads me to my first question. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to offer as far as your perspective on what grief means to you? I know we addressed it a little bit, but I didn't know if there's anything else maybe you wanted to bring in. Grief to me is the opportunity to celebrate somebody's lives by incorporating what you learned from them into your life. And so I hate to say moving forward, but 
um, or moving on, but that's not essentially you're actually carrying what that person you love, you're carrying their values and their ideas and their teachings with you through your life and sharing them with other people. So you give them the opportunity to live through you to keep spreading the message. And I know that they are still with me. I feel them. I see them in my dreams and I, I see it as a beautiful thing. And I'm thankful that they're still there. I can still talk to them and I still feel them in my heart. And so grief to me, you know, it usually starts with the sadness that seems to overwhelm you a bit, but you relax and you think about the good times that you've had with them and you use that to, to gain strength and, and you start to realize what it would be that they would want you to be doing and they would want you to be smiling and be happy and be carrying on. So I think instead of moving forward, I would say they would, you know, grief is opportunity to keep carrying on and remembering your loved ones through your actions and through prayers and meditation and even in your dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And grief for me is something that I kind of addressed earlier, but I, I really feel I was really fortunate in that I didn't have anyone pass away until I was in my thirties. And it was of course something that I was dreading and holding my breath on for that long. I, and it was my grandfather because he had um, quite a few heart problems and surgeries and such. And we all knew he, it, it, you know, when you get up to close to 80, of course, right? We all know what's coming, but it, you never want it to happen. And, um, you know, you can theorize what grief would be like, but it's something that has to be felt. And for me, it was, it was so transformative that I like to liken it to a spiritual awakening or, or a spiritual experience. It was, it is, and was for me an alchemist in a way, because it combined these elements of myself I had been turning away from. I was afraid of the pain and the suffering. I was afraid of losing the love that was once directed at me and through me to him. And, um, you know, to me, grief is, it's confusing and it's messy and, oh, it's so complex and yet beautiful, like I said earlier, because it also mirrors joy and such deep love, such deep love. Yet as the tears stream, you know, I, ha I had to remember that grief was love, really, you know? And so what are some tools that maybe you have found to be helpful as you navigate your path with grief? Well, something you made me think of and something that I see in you is that you've learn to embrace it and allow it in and so grief is not something you should run from 
because you'll you'll never escape it and you'll force the the negative aspect of it upon you and when you learn to embrace it and let it in and experience the wholeness of it then you'll eventually have that moment where you feel free and you you feel happy to have known that person and you can carry them with you and so meditation would definitely be a really good tool to use for it and try to connect with the spirit world a little bit and you know people look at meditation and think that you know you have all these visions and everything like this and and that it's really hard to get into that state and actually make that happen but that it, you know it, it's really in your head and so if you can relax and breathe and get there and it's your experience so don't be basing it off what somebody tells you meditation should be like get outside sit down take five or ten minutes and breathe and think and and base it off of how you feel not like the definition of what you would find if you look up meditation so that would be one of the tools that I would use and that I have used and has um, been very helpful to me. Another tool is reaching out and spending time with loved ones who are also connected to the person that you loved and opening up and talking about it. And you can also find support groups if you need to take it further. And there's nothing wrong with that. Even the best person in this world that has been through a lot of grief that knows how to handle it would still benefit through a support group. And I, I believe that in every aspect of life, not just with grief, but we're here to help each other. And too often times we work against each other. So that's something good to remember too. And another thing would be I would incorporate something that you practice often, which is cacao, because I really believe in, in it opening up your heart and what it has done for me. So have yourself a little, you know, 100% real grade cacao and give yourself that moment and meditate with that or sit outside and just listen to nature and have your cacao and, and, uh, you know, go and into your past a little bit and, and remember the good things and, you know, remember the, the beginning, not just the end. I mean, it's a whole lifespan you're talking about, whether it's short or long, it's still a lifespan. So, um, love what there is to love out of it. Right. And, you know, the thing that um, I wanted to mention about, you know, accepting or facing or turning towards grief, that, that was really a new concept for me. And in a way, I think that I had, a, I probably wouldn't have said this when my grandfather died, but we were all around him and I got to watch his last breath. And it was the first time that I had turned towards that inevitable, inevitable fate that I had been so afraid of. And it actually gave me 
courage to face my biggest fear, which was losing him. And what ended up happening for me was this sort of realization, kind of to mirror what you said earlier, which is the torch got passed. My grandfather embodied love. Oh my gosh, everybody loved him. He loved everyone. And how lucky am I to have had that example and then to be able to have that torch passed on to me. Now, did I do a good job in the beginning with that torch of responsibility? Probably not. I have been in a very um, rough and tumble integration to learn how to be loving, how to embody love, and how to show up no matter what as love. It is it's a very um, high responsibility torch to carry, but I carry it with honor because it honors him, right? And so I went to a retreat this weekend and I was out in the woods walking on the river and I happened to look up and I saw these vultures and I swear there were probably about 12 vultures in a tree all staring at me. And this body of work kind of bubbled up from underneath the surface inside of me and some words were able to be put on paper and one of the reflections that i had was if you think about a vulture what do they do they observe death they circle death and they wait for their moment to swoop in and that led me into this other realization, you know, birth and death are transitions into realms, if you will. Again, this might be a little woo, but if we think about it, you know, the birth process is a transition from one portal to another, just as death is. And what came to me this week was like, when a baby is born, what do we do? we're all around and we're celebratory and we're happy but oftentimes when someone is on their last moments people turn their back because it's too hard and i get it but i think for me what what the medicine that i would like to offer is and this goes as far as coaching and really anything else in life it's these moments when it starts to feel uncomfortable the greatest tool is to maybe turn just a little bit towards that thing. How much can I step toward it? How much deeper can I get into it? Because this is where courage is cultivated. This is where you find the tools that you've been carrying all along. You have this resiliency and this strength within you that you didn't even know you had. And you might even surprise yourself. And so I think for me, as far as a tool, this is probably one of the most important is to just see what the heck you're made of. What are you made of? Don't be afraid of it. Lean in, right? I can't imagine my grandfather who loved so deeply to be alone in his last moments. All he wanted was to be surrounded and how grateful um, am I in this moment to have been there for him, even though it was so painful, it was so painful, but it gave me 
strength. And so I agree with you. I also think having a meditative practice is really important, but I also think um, something that works really well for me is driving and having a practice where like your motor skills are kind of being um, absorbed or they're kind of in, in another process so that the mind and the soul and the heart can kind of tap in and you can just be like, hey, and you can kind of talk to your, you know, my grandpa's a guardian angel. My sister-in-law is one of my guardian angels. And so now I'm like, all right, sit in the front seat. We got to talk about something. And just opening myself up to kind of like processing some things, you know. Um, and then again, Tyler, I actually really agree with what you said, having people to talk to. In the beginning of my grief process, I didn't want anybody to talk to me. And this is like super normal to have like these, this anger and these emotions and like leave me alone vibes, but also at the same time having like, please don't leave me alone. And so being able to find someone who can sit with you in silence, that is someone to hang on to. Who can sit with you in silence when you're grieving and you need to be held energetically, but perhaps physically or verbally we don't want any input, which is what I went through. I didn't want anyone to touch me or talk to me because I just needed to feel it and be with it. And it was like this little cave that I was in. The other thing that really worked for me was reconnecting with nature. Instinctually, after we lost our sister-in-law in 2019, I would make fire outside every night. I had a bonfire pit going every night. And I would talk to the moon. I would talk to her through looking at the moon. I would cry. I would beg. I would inquire. I mean, all the emotions. And this is a really great practice because I could do it alone, but I had support from Mother Earth. And what better nurturing energy than to be with the mother, right? So I always felt held and supported and I wept and released and accepted. And so, you know, we are holistic health coaches. And so to kind of redirect the ship back a little bit more into wellness and health, what have you experienced in regards to the grief process and the correlation to health and wellness? So experiencing grief, and I, I loved what you said, and I, I love your stories and how you related to it and everything, but you were able to eventually turn and, and face it. And, you know, it doesn't happen immediately and you shouldn't just turn and jump, you know, feet first into the water, just work your way in a little bit. I like how you said, you know, partially turn towards these things, but it's beneficial to do that because it will open up new areas in your life that you haven't done before. And it will help you to understand things more and to build a little bit of resiliency and to be able to connect to other thoughts and ideas, you know, spiritually 
and mentally and physically. And all of that is, you know, very important to your health. I mean, that that's holistic health right there. So, you know, being able to connect to all those aspects and, and really hone it in is sometimes a slow process and that that's okay. As long as you're trying to learn and trying to get a grasp of it. And even if you're just taking baby steps, as long as you're moving in the right direction and it's okay to turn around and look back every now and then, but you're never going to get as healthy as you can get. And I'm not speaking just physically, but, you know, mentally and spiritually, if you constantly live in the past, because you're never going to be able to move forward. And, and that's what it takes to learn and to become healthy, you know, completely healthy. It, it starts through the mind. And everybody thinks about health, like, oh, I need to eat healthy. I need to get exercise. Yeah, you you do need to do those things. But you also have to embrace the mental aspect of it. You have to be getting healthy for the right reasons, because you want to feel good. And you want to pass on the things that you love and the things that you value to your offspring and to your friends, just as you know, your parents and grandparents and everybody else has passed on to you. And you're going to honor them by carrying it forward. And so, yeah, being healthy allows you to do those things and to pass on what you value and what you hold dear to you. And you know, that in turn will, will make you feel happier and more valued. And that will lead to, to you being mentally well. And then you, you know, you build upon that. So I think the mental aspect is the most important. You build upon that and you start getting physically healthy and spiritually healthy. And you combine all three of those and you're going to feel better than you ever have in your life. But it is ultimately about turning towards these challenges, you know, and embracing them instead of running away from them because, you know, they're going to be in your life forever, no matter how you, you face it. Or I guess I could say you don't face it, but if you're running from it, it's still going, it's going to be back there chasing you. If you turn towards it, you have the opportunity to learn to become better from it, to get a healthier mindset and lead you to healthier lifestyle and a healthier, happier life all around full circle. I think something that um, I've seen in my practice with clients is that a lot of the disease and illness, I would probably say 99.9% has a correlation to an emotion or memory that maybe hasn't had a voice or an expression or an acknowledgement yet. 
and we often, I can speak for myself, I often found myself in a place where I was afraid to feel because it would bring me back to that moment. Uh, it would, you know, kickstart that memory or that pain and, or that experience. And sometimes when you have experiences that are shocking, whether it was done to you by someone, whether it was something that, you know, someone you lost, it's shocking. And these shocking moments, I find I don't, I don't want to remember because it's too much. And there is a time and a place for that. And I would offer that for me, for the last three years since losing my sister-in-law, I've been experiencing different levels of I wouldn't say that I have anything chronic, but I have really, I think this is the lowest my immune system has been. I still have, I eat and I sleep the same that I've always done, but it, it has been my mind. It has been this grief and this pain and the suppression of my tears because it's too much. And this week, I feel like the valve, the pressure has been released. You know, my higher self or my heart is now in a place where I can go, okay, let's release some of this pressure. Subsequently, I'm finding that, well, guess who has the energy and drive and the passion to start taking care of herself? Me, you know, I've struggled with, um, my weight i've struggled with exercise i've struggled with self-care so i also realize as a mother that i have been putting all of my energy into everyone else into how they're doing but i forgot to ask me because i didn't think that i mattered as much and i know i'm not the only one who feels that way especially when you're a parent um, the grief process compounds that. And so, you know, for me in my grief process, as I'm able to turn towards some of the most shocking things that I've experienced in losing my sister-in-law, I won't go into details, but it was not an easy experience for our family. And I've been able to look at her last moments, to see them, to feel them, and then to let them go. Because that leads me into a place where I can now remember how messy of an eater she was or how she would talk with food in her mouth <laughs> and get food all over herself. And I can remember these moments of joy and laughter and silliness and play but I haven't been able to even see those because I was blocking my heart because I didn't want to feel the pain, but it prevented me from feeling the love and the joy that's been coming at me from so many different people, from my family, right? And so 
to kind of conclude my TED talk, I would just offer that, you know, when we block pain, which of course, please do that. But it also can potentially block some love from coming in. And so I want to read this quote. And it says, we never lose our loved ones. They accompany us. They don't disappear from our lives. We are merely in different rooms. And so in conclusion, to honor the ones who've passed, try to remember the moments that made you smile. That's beautiful. I love it. And it sounds like your inner being knew this podcast was coming today. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you had some revelations this week, which is wonderful. And you were able to bring a lot of it and hone it in and, and put it into words and share it with everybody. So I, I know everybody will appreciate that and appreciate your experience. And something I would like to add and kind of end with on on my part that you just brought up something that was so important, which was time. And it's going to take time, but you also have to allow yourself that time. Like you were saying, you were giving time and thoughts and care to everybody else but yourself. And you have to give yourself that time. We all have, you know, a certain amount of time allotted per day, depending on you know, how long you're awake and you have to take a little chunk out. It don't have to be, you know, you don't have to give yourself two or three hours every day, but if you could, you know, for the people that are really busy and have a lot of children and stuff, if you could just block out, you know, 15 minutes, 25% of one hour of a day and give that to yourself to sit there and process and think and tell yourself and remind yourself everything is going to be okay. Even in the hard times, even when you've lost a loved one, tell yourself it's going to be okay. You know, they, they passed on and I truly believe they would not have, have been able to do that if they had not known that you were going to be able to pick up the torch, like you said, Christina. And so, you know, it's a time to honor them and you you also mourn them but you turn that mourning into an honor and you let them know that hey i'm gonna move forward this is gonna be hard but i've got this because i'm gonna be okay because i had you to t help teach me how to live or how you know help teach me how to respond or um provide help in different situations. And so you, you take that and you, you move on and, and carry them with you. So essentially they're moving on in spirit with you if you allow. And to allow, you have to give yourself the time to process. And once you're able to process everything, you can bring that information together and eventually you'll have that, you know, aha moment and look up and be thankful and be like, oh, I, 
may not have this alone, but with what I've learned from you and with the help of others that I know I can reach out to when I feel the need to and to help give me the strength to get through this, I do got this. Yeah, and I think this uh, uh, goes back to what I always say is like such a good modality is I call it, I have a round table of women. <laughs> and so this week has been very illuminating in my grief and my healing cycle, but I've had, I've had my own counsel and I've been able to just be like, Hey, you know, this is coming up for me. What do you think? And then just having a space to be able to talk about the hard things, because in reality, a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff. And so um, if you're struggling finding someone who could have this conversation with you, definitely look for a support group, but look in the metaphysical community as well, or practice, uh, practice praying. You know, we don't have to pray to God or a certain anything if, unless that resonates with you. I, I pray as a whole and I just call in and attract to me the people that can hold the energy that I'm carrying and maybe need a little help carrying. Um, there's a line and I apologize, I don't know who said it and it said something along the lines of some burdens are too heavy to carry alone. And so when we're talking about grief, grief isn't linear and it's not solitary. It is for a little bit, but I think to finish, you know, the journey, we're going to have to call in a support team. So is there anything else you would like to conclude here, Tyler? No, I, I really like what you ended with there. And it, you know, I think most people know that there is help out there for them, you know, through loved ones or through support groups or reaching out to a coach, you know, like one of us one-on-one -on -one too. But the, the hard thing to do and, and the hardest thing to grasp on your end is the strength to give you the ability to reach out. And, you know, people act like it's, that they're weak or something's wrong with them. Right. But the greatest strength you ever have is reaching out to others. You know, we're here to help each other and here to share knowledge. And through different life experiences, we can help each other. So don't be afraid to reach out because truly it's not other people judging you. It's you judging you. You think, you know, you're weak or you're, you seem emotional or you know when you're thinking of other people judging you and in fact they most people would be willing to to share their knowledge and to be to help you in your journey to be a part of that and you know we we as a people thrive on on doing that and so giving somebody else the opportunity to help you is also helping them so Mm -hmm. Just remember you're judging yourself. It's not other people judging you. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just quickly here, I, I experienced when I was in the depths of my own grief, I did not want to have any sort of emotion around anyone else. It was just too vulnerable. And that's also very uh, real and valid. 
Um, and again, we kind of like have the caveat, you know, do this, reach out when you're ready, um, because there will be an expression of an emotion. I've screamed, I've cried, I've yelled, I punched a hole in the wall. I mean, we got to be real here. Grief isn't pretty. It's not pretty. So we got to stop thinking that it is, and we've got to kind of buckle up and we've got to deal. And, you know, I have had people have emotions in front of me as a mirror for them so they could express. And when you can get to a place with someone who can hold your energy and that emotion, whatever it looks like. I went to a shaman once and I thought I was going to throw up all over the room because that's what I felt energetically. I needed to purge. I didn't. I actually just cried, but it came from the same place, which was like that lower heart, upper stomach area. What felt like a purge was actually just a lot of tears that needed to express. And, you know, do this alone until you feel ready to allow someone in the process. Because actually, I find that I gravitate towards people who have their emotional, who have emotional freedom, who share the emotion, who don't suppress, and who are brave in that. But that takes courage from within first. So on that note, <laughs> I would like to uh, thank everyone for joining us today. We really hope this was beneficial. And again, if you have any questions or would like to leave any feedback, please reach out to us on our social media platforms. You can also uh, leave us a review if you like this podcast. That would be really helpful. Give us five stars if you like it. I give us five stars because I really like it. And so any little bit helps us. We love you. And if you want more, just reach out and let us know. <laughs>